Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on today's podcast. This is a man who broke addictions. This is a man who brought sinners back to the church. This is a man who was a convert maker. This is a man who um, didn't take a drink a day in his life. And because of that sacrifice was able to obtain sobriety for the, the worst addicts. We need all of that heroic courage in our bishops today. Hey friend, welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with Deacon Steve Greco. So glad to have you back with us today as we continue with part two of a remarkable conversation between Deacon Steve and writer, speaker, publicist, evangelist, Alexis Walkenstein in talking about the powerful devotion of the divine mercy. As we get started, Deacon Steve asks Alexis about her unique connection to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. You wrote a book on someone who changed your life. He did. Tell us about that story. Tell us about the book. And why is it so important that we embrace Bishop Fulton Sheen? Bishop Fulton Sheen, he is my hero, one of them, uh, right alongside John Paul II. And I didn't really know him. <laughs> and Deacon Steve. Okay, yes. Okay, just okay yes. Deacon just Steve. <laughs> Deacon okay. Steve. John I'm Paul. Way down and there. Bishop Sheen. I'm way down it's there. It's a trifecta. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, Bishop Sheen, I mean, he's of my parents' generation. How could you possibly have like a fascination with Bishop Sheen? Well, sometimes you choose the saints that you love and are attracted to, and sometimes they choose you. And that's really what happened in the case of Fulton Sheen. I had purchased a book on my way to my new assignment in Palm Beach called Three to get married because I'm praying for a husband and I was going to work for a bishop, which was completely foreign concept, even though I had bishops that were friends and priests that were friends. I said, dead holy bishop, this guy can help me on two fronts. You know, my new job working for a bishop in Florida and also to find me the man that I'm praying for, a man of God. And so that was the beginning. And I threw the book in the trunk, never really looked at it for a couple of years until it just came forth and I was confronted. Uh, I heard God say, you can't You can't have a vocation to marriage and not prepare for it. So I started to really read the book, which prompted me to really develop this relationship with Bishop Sheen. I was really praying to him for my diocese, for the renewal of the church. There were so many things that were wrong with the church. There was a lot of catechism and instruction that was not happening. So we were seeing the disaster with priests. We were seeing the disaster with sacramental index with marriage and divorces. And I thought he is a he is definitely a bishop for the renewal of the church. And so I I began to be much more intentional in my prayers. And one thing led to another. I was praying in the crypt in New York and I had prayed five intentions, really impossible things, three for other people, two for myself. And I, at the end of my prayer and where his body was housed, it's now in Peoria. I said, if you help me before Jesus, if you help me obtain these intentions, I will promote you. And when I came out of the crypt, to my surprise, as a good PR girl, I turned on my phone right away to make sure I wasn't missing a beat. And I had an email from a priest I never met before. And it went like this. Dear Alexis, my name is Father Stanley Deptula. I'm the executive director of the Fulton J. Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois. And I'm wondering if you would help me promote Fulton Sheen's cause in Southern Florida. 
And I was like, I was, I almost got hit by multiple cars on Fifth Avenue. I was like, my yeah. prayers are getting answered. Oh, God works. Right? My prayers are getting answered, but I knew there was a catch. He was going to put me to work first. Amen. And that's what happened. Amen. And and so you wrote this book? Yeah. And, you know, the book didn't come right away. I mean, I never went in the crypt thinking, and I'm going to do a book to promote you, and I'm going to do this to promote you, and I'm going to I'm gonna go speak around the country to promote you. I never considered what that meant. I just thought, you know, I'll pray for his cause. I'll tell people about you. But I never imagined to the lengths and degrees that God would use me to really advance his spirituality and his teaching and instruction is relevant for today. So the crypt prayer was around 2008, flash forward to 2015, and I'm not working. I am unemployed. My faith agency had crashed that I talked about in one of the earlier segments. I was being deeply pruned by the Lord because he was ready to advance, getting ready to advance me. Little do we know God lets us retreat before we advance. And in this moment, I was out of the blue getting contacted by a Hollywood international celebrity to help him on his movie. And I was like hesitant. I was skeptical of people like this. And yet the Lord was saying, he's my son. I love him. Help him work for him. Don't take anything from him. Watch what I do for you. The Lord was telling me, walk, walk with me, walk with me, walk with me. It was like being blindfolded. How many of our listeners feel sometimes like you're being blindfolded and being led somewhere, but you can't see the end? We, I, if you're like me, I need to see the, the end before I even start. And so God wanted to knock that whole thing right out of me. And so I was walking with the Lord with this, walking with the Lord. I told this guy, no, I, I'm too busy. I, this is like too imperfect. I didn't say that, but it just it wasn't fitting in the box of my agenda. So I said no. And then the Lord was speaking to me again in adoration. Walk with me. Walk with me. Help him. I was like, I already told him no. So he'll have to call me back. You know, long story short, I help on this movie the night of the premiere. An editor who I'd never met before, book editor, said, your name came up at an editorial meeting. We would like you to do a book on Fulton Sheen. Wow. Walk with me. Walk with wow. me. Walk with me. Wow. So a whole like, you know, 2008 to 2015 is when this book started to become a seed. And little did I know when the book was released in 2018 that we were just about to hit really big the next wave of the scandal on the church. And so God had the perfect timing for all of this. And it's been just a little, a little offering back to the Lord of what he's done for me. And I will tell everybody, and you can read about it in the introduction, you know, more in depth of the juicy details of all this experience, but of those four, five intentions, four of them, all impossible have been answered. Praise God. All of them. With God, all things are possible. One remains. So listeners, you can pray for that one final intention. Should you? Do we tell them what it is? Oh, the Lord knows what it is. Okay, the Lord knows what it is. <laughs> the Lord knows. My brothers and sisters, Bishop Fulton Sheen, to really pray for his canonization, I think is also very pray important. Pray for his canonization. I mean, here's the deal. He's already a saint in heaven. No question, right? He's doing miracles. I, If I had several days, I could sit and tell you one miracle after another miracle after another beyond the things that I prayed for in that crypt that day. I have seen him manifest in ways, in a personal way that make heaven come so down to earth that I am blown away. And, and also with a sense of humor. This is a bishop who wants to uh, lend his friendship from the heavens. Yes. The reason why we want to we, we want to pray for the advancement of his cause, because it is good for the church to have saint fulton sheen it would be good for us to have an american saint bishop to not only pray for us in the media culture i mean everybody knows about him 
uh, through the media. But this is a man who who broke addictions. This is a man who brought sinners back to the church. This is a man who was a convert maker. This is a man who um, didn't take a drink a day in his life. And because of that sacrifice, was able to obtain uh, sobriety for the, the worst addicts. This is one who cared about the homeless, the leper, the outcast, um, ran with the elite. He was the one who was a matchmaker in making marriages. We need someone to be a matchmaker in this day and age. We need holy priests. We need a reverence of the blessed sacrament and a return to the sacraments. And we need the true food, the truth of the Bible, the way that Fulton Sheen presented it. We need all of that heroic courage in our bishops today. Amen. Amen. Now, how do we get this book? You can get it at Amazon or you can get it through the media nuns at Pauline.com. And the title is? It's called Fulton J. Sheen from the Ex Libris series. Awesome. Awesome. And we, we really highly recommend it. Now, both of us are on the front lines of the battle. Your background in Boston, you were involved in covering the scandal of the church. Yeah, I was. And at Spiritful Hearts, we always focus on the glass half full. Right. And you were looking at the issues and we're not sweeping them under the rug. Right. And there's still, some of them are still there and right. things pop out. But I want you, with all of your experience, to also say, what is right about the church? Because so many times we don't hear that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I always say, like, especially now when we see young men becoming priests and, and young women becoming religious sisters and, and even men and women entering the Catholic Church during these times, you know that it's supernatural grace, right? Because who would come into the Catholic Church with the headlines that we've had in the past 20 years? But the reality is, is that the goodness of the church, it's the sacraments. It's the sacraments. Amen. And God uses the weakest of men, you know, and through priesthood, we have apostolic secession and it's only through apostolic secession that we have the Eucharist. And that's what separates us from the other denominations. Um, We talked about this earlier. We have available to us, not just on Sunday, but every single day, the ability to receive Jesus in the the blessed sacrament in Holy communion. It is not, it is not a piece of cardboard. It is not bread. Once the priest at mass has transubstantiation. He lays hands. It is no longer the substance of bread. It is no longer the substance of wine. This is why we should be running to the church. We can't make church anymore. The Catholic church about um, celebrity priests or about a cult of personality. I think that's where we get into trouble is when we try to conform to the world. But when we go back to the basics that Fulton Sheen talked about, when we go back to the word of God, the scripture, which by the way, Catholics are into scripture. We have several scripture readings in the mass every single day. So that is also something that is a complete falsehood about Catholics not being immersed in the word. You're immersed in the word as much as you choose to be. But we have um, designated mass readings every single day. So Catholics listening, you need to get into the word, get into the Eucharist, get into confession, get into the Holy Spirit, which comes through all the sacraments and through our sacrament of, of confirmation, most especially. We are blessed. We are blessed to be Catholic. We're blessed to have a church that loves us unconditionally through Jesus Christ, through the sacraments. We're blessed to have Jesus as our Savior. So critical and so important. And 
We talk about divine mercy. A lot of people, it's amazing to me. I mean, I believe that we're still in single digits when people (laughs) even remotely understand what divine mercy is all about. Tell our audience, what is divine mercy and why is it so important? Divine mercy is what the Lord gives us when he expired on the cross. I mean, this is, it's a fundamental of our faith. So it's kind of amazing that we actually would have to have an obscure nun from Poland be the one to actually reform us. This is the amazing part about the saints. Yes, Catholics love saints. We have this whole, like, it's a whole football team in heaven to get us to the end zone, right? It's like we have these helpers that have gone before us. And um, for those who've never heard of the Divine Mercy message, it coming through an obscure nun in Poland, Sister Faustina, who compiled a diary, the Diary of Divine Mercy, which contains... Um, her own words and in, in the words of the Lord about how his mercy is his greatest attribute. It's not what we did, but it's what he did. It's not what we did in our sin, but what he did to conquer our sin. It doesn't say mean to say we stay in our sin and we don't change. We have to do the work on earth to eradicate our sin, sick habits, our sinfulness, our sinful nature is always going to be there, but to run to him for the remedy to run under his mercy And um, it's profound. I mean, I think there's so much to say about his divine mercy for the sick, for the dying, for the for sinners and even for people who are completely oblivious to his mercy. Um, What I love about the divine mercy message from Sister Faustina and from the Lord, the mercy that God wants to distribute is not dependent on the sinner's faith, but on the prayer's faith. We can be praying in total fidelity through and to the divine mercy and receive the heights of glory for someone that we're praying for. It's not dependent upon what they think, believe or know, but on the one who's praying. My brothers and sisters, God loves you so much. Take a look at the eighth chapter of Romans. Nothing, nothing will separate you from God's love, neither height nor death nor angels nor principalities, present things, past things, future things, creatures, nothing will separate you from the love of God. What a blessing, right? That God has chosen you to be a publicist for these movies, but God has also chosen you to be a divine mercy evangelist. And as, <laughs> as you know, and that's exactly what it is, right? It is. And it's interesting because um, the divine mercy has been in my a devotion in my life since I would say senior in high school. That's amazing. And I didn't learn it at home. I didn't learn it in church. Again, I was talking about how I had these opportunities through my pastor to, he sent me all the time to receive, you know, it was like I was being formed very young and I went on this archdiocesan retreat as a senior in high school. My parents were dropping me off and I told them I'm not staying. (laughs) I had never stayed overnight on a retreat. I thought it was really weird. I didn't know what they were trying to do with me. And I was like, take me home. And, and my mom's like, just stay one night. Let me know how it goes. And so I stayed, you know, my, my roommate, um, the way that they set up these retreats, they were like older mentors. So she was part of the formation team. She was a freshman in college at Merrimack in Massachusetts. And we developed this incredible friendship because I didn't really have a lot of friends who were believers in this way, even though I had my CYO friends uh, in the parish, but there was real devotion flowing on this retreat. And what I knew that I needed above all was friendship with other people who were like-minded. And God was breaking me out of worldly friendships and giving me really holy sisterhood and and friendships. And so we would meet occasionally. Um, She lived in Quincy, Massachusetts, and I lived in Framingham. We were like, I don't know, an hour and 15. No, she lived in Malden. Sorry. But we would meet in Quincy. And 
we would like meet at an IHOP. We were poor, like high school, college, and and then we would like sit in the car and talk about boys for hours, and and then she'd just like slip in. Do you want to pray the chaplet of divine mercy? And I was like, what is that? I had no idea what this chaplet was. I knew the rosary. I was I was devoted to the rosary as a child and a young a young woman. And she, Katie, taught me. Katie Fallon taught me the divine mercy chaplet, and that was the beginning for me. And and it became constant, constant. And yet the Lord has taken me from those moments of praying the chaplet in the car, praying it myself and thinking this is a a fast prayer I could whip through. It's not like, you know, the rosary, you got to kind of mentally set up some time. You got to like, I got to set aside at least a half hour. And then if I'm really in the spirit, it might be an hour long rosary. But the chaplet, you can like kind of speedy Gonzalez through it. And I, but God doesn't really want you to have that attitude. But in your youth and in your naivete, it was kind of like, I can whip through this really fast and get all these graces. But the Lord, you know, in his goodness over time has really trained me in his mercy and and how to really reverence his mercy and how to lead others to his mercy. And I'm grateful for that. And I have seen my life and events unfold outside of a rote praying of a chaplet to acts of mercy and from those acts of mercy flowing conversion and miracles you know, for me, one of the many, and there's, you, we just go on and on and on talking about his divine mercy. And again, we're going to be at these conferences and we're going to get to them in a second. But one of the things that is so important is how God brings people in your life. Totally. For me, having you in my life through Myra Brown, Myra. Our, our mutual friend, our, the, the devoted saint that she is introducing us, I mean, just is the personification of mercy, right? It's mercy. Yeah. You know, and, Who would and, think, you and, know, this and, connection. Exactly. And so very important. And as Alexis know, and some of our listeners know, is that I had these series of dreams, three dreams that the Lord said, I want you to spread my divine mercy, my love worldwide. Mm. And so I literally dropped everything. I talked to our partners here at Spiritfield Hearts. And I said, okay, change everything. We're now building Divine Mercy Conferences. In less than a year, we have either held or scheduled 22 conferences in three states all over California. You're a big part of many of them. For example, on February 29th at Santiago de Capistela, we have Bishop Kevin Van, who will be there. And he's a huge proponent. We have Alexis Walkenstein, who will be there. We have Father Scott Borgman, who will be there. We'll have Donna Lee, who is there who is also giving her testimony. And so it's amazing, amazing time. We also have it at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton on April 18th. On April 4th, we have another one at St. Anastasia in Los Angeles. So all of you that are in the Los Angeles area, please uh, come to that. And in Wilmington on May 23rd, all of those Alexis will be at, and we have others. Go to our website, spiritfulhearts.org, spiritfulhearts.org. It is so important. I am on the evangelization committee for the Diocese of Orange. Our whole ministry is based on evangelization. You're an evangelist. And yet you mentioned the word evangelization and it's like, people go, that's not for me, you know, and all evangelization means is spreading the good news, but we've kind of make a little bit of a pivot. We're still doing evangelization every way we can, but we're doing evangelization through divine mercy Yeah, because if people understand how how much God loves them, right. everything changes. I think that's the key is that the world is so broken and, and so hungry at the same time. And what do they pick up for that food? 
you know, where are people eating for that hunger? And we have to be present as a church to be able to sometimes, you know, I'm, I might be ministering to someone and they're on the brink of a massive conversion. And I think to myself, who would I bring them to? Where could I send them? What, where would the community be present to, to fan the flame for this person? And sometimes I'm at a loss because I can't find it myself, which is why I believe that God in this, in this time is forming apostles of his mercy. We have to be apostles of his mercy in the church at these events that God is saying very directly, I need you to, to set up these conferences in obedience. He's going to do what he's going to do, but we have to live a life of mercy and be apostles of mercy so that wherever he takes our feet, God's not confined to the walls of the church because in this time in life, we know that not everybody is coming to the church to drink at the well and to eat the true food. We have to be able to have it living in us and oozing out of us and radiating out of us. Even if it's not words that we say, but the actions of our lives, the blessing of God's glory over our life becomes a point of attraction. It becomes the fire of the blood of Jesus that draws sinners to him living in us. My brothers and sisters, who doesn't want mercy? We all want mercy. And yet we also see that as we show mercy, so will we receive mercy. As we judge, so will we be judged. So it's so important that we live a life of mercy. Someone cuts you off on the freeway or on a street. What's your temptation? Ah! You know, you want to reach out. Chase them. No, we're kidding. Chase. Oh, boy. <laughs> Boston driver, just kidding. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, oh, you know, the flesh just takes over and you, you know, you say, oh, that's not me. And yet you want to, you know, the point is someone says something, an ill word to you or, or cut you off or something mean, uh, unkind. You want to answer in kind. But what did Jesus do? Right. The response is the cross. I mean, and he, he took it. He took it. And so it's not to say that we're to be a doormat, but we are to represent him in all of these in in these ways. I mean, how many of us, every single one of us has been violated. Every single one of us has been broken by someone to the smallest degree. And in some cases in the most egregious way. Okay. You talked about way up there at the top. I think you have a one, a one B with Bishop (laughs) Fulton Sheen. And then your one B is, John Paul II, St. Uh, John Paul II. I think they're both on the eight. They they're look sharing a, it. Yeah. A, 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 one's and, on one side of me and one's and, on the and other. And Steve Greco is down yeah, at, you're at like Z. Walk, you're walking at in Z, front. At Z. Like, <laughs> at Z. But in any case, what did St. John Paul II do? He was shot. He was shot. What did he do? He met with, he met with his accuser. He went to the prison. He went to the prison. He set him free. Because here's the thing. The people that are firing at us... They're broken, you know, um, these are broken people and the miracle of, of an action like John Paul II, to be like Christ, to say, I forgive you, to take the first step, not to wait in a stingy way and say, I'm going to wait until they apologize. I mean, how many of us want to do that? We've all done that. <laughs> We've all been slighted or disparaged. I mean, I've had some recent real unbelievable situations where the Lord has had to um, work it out all by himself. And you want to in your flesh, you want to fight in your flesh. And God is saying, fight in love by the power of the divine mercy. It's by my mercy that I will win the most hardened heart, the most 
dark sinner. I will win them and capture them in a net of love. Please go to our website, spiritfulhearts.org, to see Alexis coming up. We have four conferences that she'll be at. Please come February 29th at Santiago de Capistela. Really, really important. Uh, Divine mercy changes our life. By the way, JP2 went to see that the person who shot him. What happened to that person? What did he become? A Christian. He became a Christian. I mean, it's the transforming power of God. Amen. Forgiveness mm-hmm. changes everything. Changes everything. And if you're coming to these conferences, I, I urge you to. Deacon Steve is anointed. He has received a word from the Lord. There isn't any one person that's coming to these conferences that will leave the same. If there is something impossible in your life that you cannot understand, confront, deal with, get rid of, add to, subtract by the power of the divine mercy, you will have your results. We are seeing miracles at these events. Amen. Amen. A woman who was not able to hear out of one ear. We prayed over her in the name of Jesus. Jesus is a healer. And she started screaming, I can hear, I can hear. And many other miracles that are happening because God is the God of mercy. God is the God of miracles. Wonderful having you back on the show. Come back again very soon. Yes. You got three wows. No one else got three wows. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you and worship you. We thank you for your gift of mercy. We thank you for your gift of love. We thank you for forgiving us unconditionally, loving us unconditionally. Heal us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Send forth your Holy Spirit as tongues of fire upon us that we may be apostles of mercy. Through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, through the intercession of Bishop Fulton Sheen, the intercession of St. John Paul II, through the intercession of all holy, heavenly angels and saints, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe, in Jesus' name, I bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's going to be a wrap on this compelling conversation with a good friend who has such a dynamic voice for the Catholic Church in the media today, Alexis Walkenstein. Please continue to lift her up in prayer as she continues with all of her important work. Catch up with all of our podcasts and exciting new media right here at this site. Or you can always pop over to spiritfilledhearts.org to learn more about Deacon Steve Greco and what we're all about. That website again, spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll catch up with you next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.